morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is. Thank you for joining the Virginia Tech Sons of Saturday. We are good hit, good hit, good hit, good hit. We are happy to have you with us today, as we are. And uh, yeah, I guess we got a lot of just random updates to throw out here. We're not doing a season preview. We're not previewing UVA yet. Hint, hint. Uh, you know, we don't have a guest on today. It's more so just Billy and Pat hashing out some things, delivering some news, maybe making a few jokes here and there, maybe take a little ride in the, the magic school bus time machine as well. You're sitting uh, at the bar and you see the Sons of Saturday to your right, and we're just having a casual conversation. Obviously, socially distanced conver- distant conversation, but we're just here to uh, we're just here to shoot it around a little bit. That's all that's going on here. That's exactly right. So uh, Bill's up in the great state of New Jersey. I'm down here enjoying my uh, my lavish lifestyle in Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll run it here. So as we start every episode of the Sons of Saturday, a big tip of the cap, raise of the glass, mm. lowering of the mask to smile at our friend, Dr. Jeremy Counts and his unbelievably friendly staff at the Main Street Pharmacy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best pharmacy on Main Street. This is the best pharmacy in the New River Valley, and it's got to be a, a top pharmacy in the state, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Commonwealth Cup, we're getting that next weekend. Jeremy Counts and his staff will greet you with a smile underneath their masks. But what, Bill? How can you tell they're smiling? Right in his eyes. It shines right through in his eyes every single time. And he's smiling because he cares about Blacksburg, cares about students, cares about residents, cares about making a distant difference in the New River Valley. I got to tell you, Blacksburg residents, New River Valley residents, you're in fantastic hands. You are in fantastic hands. Not a number, but a neighbor. Ooh. So, uh, you must have prepped that one. You had uh, to. I, you know, I was listening. I was listening to one of the ads they had on the uh, the Hokey Pod with Blades and Burn uh, the other okay. night, and that was uh, that was kind of the tagline. So you know, we might we might steal that one. I like that. That is nice. So, uh, but anywho, let's jump into the Hokey Haiku submitted by five o two underscore Hokey. We got baby Dax. Keep it in the family. Not like West VA. Ooh, is that PG-13? Little bit of an eyebrow razor there, 502 Hokie, but uh, we will let that slide. A big uh, a big surprise weekend. Sons of surprises. Who's in the boat, Billy Ray? Baby Hollifield is in the boat. Jack Hollifield, um, a, a, a huge get for us uh, nonetheless. He's been someone that uh, I was high on coming to Virginia Tech. Uh, I knew that there were some Stanford rumors flying around, and, you know, it's a weird recruiting cycle and stuff, but – um, you know, the family ties to Virginia Tech are fantastic. Dax Hallfield, a fan favorite, obviously. Um, and uh, just talk to us. Pat, talk to us a little bit about, like, the history of brothers at Virginia Tech. Yeah, before we do that, uh, just quick measurables. 6'3", sure. 225, being recruited as a tight end. There was kind of a, um, a line between if he was coming in as a linebacker with Coach Clays or joining the offensive staff um, as a tight end. But, yeah, 6'3", 225 from Shelby, North Carolina. He is, uh, as of now, the third-ranked player in this 2021 class. Uh, He is a .871 in the 24-7 sports composite. And the two folks above him uh, in the rankings for our class, DJ Harvey and Trey Curry. So just from a a ratings perspective, uh, you know, good optics uh, on this end. But Hokie history, this uh, this is number 30. 30 sets of brothers now. Coming through Virginia Tech, I saw it somewhere on Twitter. I'd love to see a list of them and kind of just mm-hmm. be a cool article idea. But thirty sets of brothers, Bill. Does that make you feel special? It absolutely does make me feel special. I gotta say, on the topic of brothers, brother plays at the Naval Academy. I really hope and trust that Virginia Tech is tackling at practice. Uh, I believe they are. Navy, not a great showing against BYU. Um, but Navy apparently wasn't doing tackling drills at all. And, you know, a lot of people think, you know, you don't need to do tackling. You can do tackling donuts, this, that, and the other. Look, if you're a baseball player, you got to take BP. If you're a NASCAR driver, you got to drive fast in circles. Like, that's just – that's the MO. 
So for everyone out there prepping for football season, you got to do some footballing. You got to do some hitting. So um, no shout out there, uh, but hopefully Navy is able to bounce back. Coach uh, Coach Nemot's fantastic. But um, yeah, it was great to see some football. Niamatololo. Niamatololo. Um, he beat the hell out of Virginia a couple years ago in the military bowl. I remember that. Some other notes. Um, Coach Fuente had a presser today. We actually pressed record last night for about 30 minutes. And then me and Pat were just like, hey, you know, Coach Fuente has a presser today. Like, what are we doing? Let's wait. People need to hear about what we have to say about that. So we held off 30 minutes down the drain. But it's all for you guys. What did we learn from Coach Fuente's presser? First and foremost, looks like we're getting a little two-quarterback system. Uh, a lot of people, a little, be- little bearish on that, uh, Pat. Is it, does this struck a, strike a nerve a little bit, the two-quarterback system in Hokie history? Walk me through this a little bit. I mean, it's not like a cut and dry, like you know a two-quarterback system. Like if there has to be a lot of thought and formulation put into it. You know, is it is it going to be like, Burmeister just comes in, you know, once a quarter uh, for a drive here and there, special packages for him. Or, you know, is this going to be like Tyrod and Glennon in 2007, 2008, where we really kind of saw 50-50 splits here and there. Um, 2007, obviously, being Tyrod's red shirt or Tyrod's freshman year, they burned the red shirt in the LSU game. And, you know, he was mainly featured on running plays in 2007, 2008, his passing game kind of, you know, developed a little bit more. And then 2009, we really saw, uh, you know, him take the reins and uh, develop more. I don't think it's a terrible thing to have multiple talented quarterbacks in the quarterback room. You have three quarterbacks in the room who have won games at the power five level, which I mean, I don't think a single other quarterback room in America could say that. But let's talk about those 2007 and 2008 teams. Despite, you know, there was being significantly less talent in the ACC at that point, both of those teams won the ACC championship and they had great defenses as well. And we have a great defense on this team, but you know, uh, Sean Glennon, 2007 ACC championship MVP. I think Tyrod was the MVP in 2008. We'll figure it out. I don't think it's, it's a wise decision just to be super bearish on it at the beginning. Um, you know, Fuente is going to give responsibilities to whoever needs to be under center at, the situation in the game so hopefully in shotgun not under center we're not we're not we're not we're not fantastic under center um <laughs> but i'll say uh <laughs> i'll say no I, I think if they've been practicing it i think if um you know they can get really creative here um i when asked i haven't i don't think i said it on the podcast but i went asked like what do you think is going to happen at quarterback and granted i haven't been to practice but um, I always kind of went with, you know, Hendon, in my opinion, is going to start. I mean, he has he has game experience, but at the same standpoint, I don't think that that means that, you know, Braxton's not going to play. And they've alluded this all offseason. Uh, who knows what the percentage breakdowns are going to be? You know, what I'd be interested to see is if they can find a way to get all three of them on the field at the same time, Quincy Braxton and, uh, and Hendon. Um, but again, this is a season that's going to have unique challenges with – obviously with coronavirus and, you know, everything going on, injuries happen. Obviously Quincy stepped up in a fantastic way against North Carolina and even Ryan Willis, like when Ryan Willis came into the North Carolina game, made it, made a huge play. So, um, you know, I'm really interested to see how we work it out. I also think that this team has a lot more interchangeable parts. Um, you know, Trey Turner was kind of the guy who was that wild card who you never, you never knew what he was going to do. Is he going to be doing a jet sweep? Is he going to be, you know, running a curl? What's he going to be doing? I think Raheem Blackshear is another player that's going to add that, you know, third, fourth dimension and Tavion Robinson. I'm expecting him to take a huge step forward, especially with moving forward here. The unfortunate news of Jaden Payute uh, found out today that Jaden Payute did have surgery on his leg. Uh, rumors floating around and then Instagram pictures floating around. I don't really like speculating or talking about, uh, players injuries. Um, but it was pretty much public all over the interwebs. Um, obviously thought Jaden pay, we pay you and every single thing that has been heard out of camp is that Jaden pay was going to be a massive contributor. Um, but one thing to just kind of keep in mind, Jaden pay getting hurt is obviously not great, but you're not losing someone like an Isaiah Ford or a Cam Phillips, or, you know, even a Trey Turner, 
I was looking forward to seeing how he was going to come up with his own game. This just means that other people are going to have to step up. And that means the Raheem Blackshears. That means the Tavion Robinsons, Caleb Smith, Changa, our transfers. So it's going to be interesting to see what we're able to do there. But that's what we heard right out of camp um, with uh, Coach Fuente's presser. Oh, you know what? Actually, we did hear something else from the coach uh, from Coach Fuente's presser. Uh, we were joined by Raheem Blackshear. And, you know, you know, I'm old enough to remember on the Twitter sphere watching everybody talking crap about Coach Lecht. Oh, all this guy does is throw bags at quarterbacks. He has a bowl cut. This guy looks like a cop. What's his deal? No. Reem Blackshear gets up there and says, hey, look, I'm from Philly. Like, you know, it's tough to, you know, it's a, it's a difficult transition going from Philadelphia to Blacksburg, Virginia. Completely understand that being from the tri-state area myself. Um, look, said Coach Lecht has been fantastic in this transition, obviously relating really well to Raheem. Uh, he seems to trust him, says he's like a father figure. So, look, all I got to say is, you know, peanut gallery – Everybody that likes to comment on these coaches when they've never spoken to them or basically had any interaction with them, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion, but I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Raheem Blackshear on this one. Uh, and Coach Lecht also has been doing a great job on the recruiting trail. So um, great to hear that. And you know, I can't say this enough. I think we have a top tier staff. This staff is awesome from top to bottom. Um, you know, take these players' words from it take uh you know the recruits words who we've had on this on this uh on this podcast multiple times talking about the family atmosphere whether it be dj harvey or it be anybody else that we've had on uh saunders just raving about the staff um so from top to bottom i think we have a top tier staff moving right along here wanted to kind of address some of the uh the things that we've seen on social media lately um some of them being keep jumping other hokey history and want to big a excuse me want to give a huge shout out to Clark Roland at Hokey 20 one of the most passionate hokies out there on social media you can follow him on twitter um, but when you when it comes to late august and you you wake up you wake up on a saturday morning you go downstairs and you walk outside and you, there's kind of like a a crisp feeling in the air you pull up the twitter to yell and there's a high likelihood that you might have some tweets on there from Clark Rowland with a little hokey history, reviewing all the fun games and wins and, you know, highest of highs, lowest of lows over the years on this day in hokey history, going back, you know, 30, 40 years. And uh, I know the other day there were two that stuck out to me. One of them was Bruce Arians and his wife uh, just standing in these like ridiculous pair of pants. I think he's wearing like a, a turtleneck sweater with a pretty awesome haircut and then then the other one coach beamer was cooking up a steak and it was like frank's gonna cook up bowling green it was like a 1990 or 1992 program uh so i love to see that and then to hone in on a specific day that i think people are starting to realize you know going back in the snapchat memories or the time hop september 3rd is just a day in hokey history that we can really get behind. And I'm going to tell you why right now. The last five times we have played on September 3rd have all been outstanding victories for Virginia Tech. So let's jump back in the time machine here. Start with Florida State 2018. Everyone remembers that game. Labor Day night. Go down to Tallahassee. They're wearing the all-black uniforms. They're doing the swag surfing. Everyone's talking about Florida State, Willie Taggart, lethal simplicity. And then Coach Fu and the Matt, a.k.a. Matei Maroon helmets and the sweet white unis go in and deliver a beatdown at Doe Campbell Stadium. That was an absolute time. That was one of the better road trips we've ever done, um, you know, personally. And shout out to everyone involved there, uh, you know, from – from Destin on the weekend and coming into Tallahassee on the day of Naus Express, hitting Madison Social after the win, getting the DJ to play Enter Sandman there. It was just a fantastic time, 24-3 Virginia Tech. Then send it back, rewind to 2017. Oh, no, this is my first game as a, a graduate of Virginia Tech. I'm going to be that old alumni at the tailgate at FedEx Field. Oh, no, it's going to take six hours to get into the parking lot at FedEx Field. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> fix that place first of all before we ever play there i think wit knows that we're not going to play there for a long time 
Big W over Will Greer, 34 or 31-24. Big time win for the uh, the Black Diamond Trophy. It stays home. Keep going back. 2016, Liberty, the Flames. You got this new quarterback, Gerard Evans. He's, you know, a flashy, but we don't know much about him. We got this guy, Justin Fuentes. Everyone's like, who's Coach Fuente? Fuentes. Guy from Memphis. See how he can do. Comes in. Uh, first game at Virginia Tech in Lane Stadium, September 3rd, 2016. 36-13 victory for Virginia Tech. A little slow start. I think we fumbled the kickoff or turned it over early. And then keep going back. Appalachian State. Oh, wait, wait, hang on, hang on, timeout. Georgia Tech 2012, big-time victory, Labor Day night, September 3rd, 2012. Logan Thomas at the helm, Cody Jernell, Dimitri Knowles, uh, Kyle Fuller, all had big games. I know uh, Jack Tyler was on that team. Uh, 20-17 to in overtime, the first ever overtime game in Lane Stadium history. And uh, that was a big one. I know, uh, you know, hopes were pretty high after that game and you know, things kind of went downhill after that in 2012, but a great game nonetheless on Labor Day night. And then the last one, App State 2011, 66 to 13. Uh, it was the David Wilson show that day and uh, it was a beat down. I know Logan Thomas had one of his signature, the Logan motive truck stick hits on a sorry Mountaineer linebacker. So that those were five games that were, just a lot of fun. But got to talk about one of them. Let me set the table for you here. Billy and I were going back and forth all week, having some uh, you know, secondary and tertiary opinions from our group chats about what was the biggest win of the Fuente era, the last you know five years or so. Biggest win. I have this argument. I say Notre Dame 2016. Billy's saying uh, 2017 West Virginia. So we're going to spend the next couple minutes just kind of breaking that down, stating our cases. It, you know, more people voted for the Notre Dame game on Twitter. We did put out the poll. More people voted for Notre Dame. Uh, so, you know, I would say the people have spoken, but I know Billy wants to state his case and I can state mine. So let's, uh, let's go. You have the floor, my friend. All right. So let's talk about 2016. A lot of people romanticize the 2016 season. Completely, completely understandable. It's the best season Tech has had since the 2010s, 2008. It was a fantastic year to watch. You look at this season up and down, that Notre Dame game. Let me just – let's talk about Notre Dame for a second. Notre Dame, in the biggest game that they were going to play that season, loses in the Fraudster Bowl. It's Texas and Notre Dame. Two of these guys are the programs back. Are they going to be good this year? They're both ranked. And you remember the announcer, Texas is back, folks. And then that by the end of that year, Coach Strong is fired because Texas is, checks watch, still not back in 2020. They also lost to Duke at home. Duke lost at home. I believe Daniel Jones was actually the quarterback of that Duke team. So, Pat, fantastic elite, job. Elite quarterback. They also lost to NC State. 10 to 3. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That was in a hurricane. That was in a hurricane. Care. Hurricane I, games in the state of North Carolina do not count. Hello. Okay. All right. <laughs> if you're going to put on your North Carolina cargoyle pants, we'll get we'll we'll skip over that one, I suppose. And then they lost to Navy. This is the worst season that Notre Dame has had in decades. They were not a good football team. Let's talk about the West Virginia game. These are two top 25 teams battling it out on a neutral field. And here's the, here's the caveat. Wait, what, was the Notre Dame game not a battle? It was a battle, but if we're being completely honest, it was a great story. No win is an automatic win, but this West Virginia team was eons better than that Notre Dame team. And you'll make the case. They went, I think, 7-4 and four at the end of the year. It's a lot better than four wins. 7-5. Seven 7-5. And five. Seven and five. Two top 25 teams duke it out at FedEx Field. Will Greer at the time is a Heisman hopeful, and we're starting Josh Jackson. The rumors going around are like, Josh Jackson, isn't he like really good friends with like Scott Leffler, and that's the only reason this guy's here? Nope. Josh Jackson goes out there, outduels Will Greer. It's a coming out party for the Virginia Tech defense. It was a Bud Foster special. Obviously not a shutout, but this was expected to be one of the best offenses in the country. It's the first time that we played West Virginia since 2005, and it's a trophy game. Kids are not watching – these big Nebraska Cornhusker kids are not watching Virginia Tech and Notre Dame duke it out on NBC and saying, oh, I'm going to go to Virginia Tech over Notre Dame. What is going to happen is kids – and one of those kids was Trey Turner, 
who is sitting at FedEx Field watching this Virginia Tech environment, watching this Virginia Tech game. Kids are going to see that. Kids may have traveled to the game. West Virginia, Virginia Tech, in my opinion, matters more than one of the wins over Notre Dame. Not trying to minimize it. I'm just comparing the two and what means more for the program. Pat, why am I wrong? So here's my case. Um, first of all, you said Heisman hopeful, Will Greer. I just Googled 2016 Heisman hopefuls, and Deshaun Kaiser is on every single uh, one of these watch lists. I know it was a little later in the season, but just going to say Notre Dame did have talent at quarterback that year, and he did get selected uh, high in the second round in 2017. That being said, it's 2016. This is Coach Fu's first year at Virginia Tech. He's making statements all year. It's on the road at arguably the most historic football program there is. It's snowing sideways. Probably the coldest game I've ever been to. It's our first time ever playing them. This is a big deal for this Virginia Tech team to go into that stadium to begin with. You know, nationally televised on NBC. I think Tariko was on the call. And this team was coming off of a loss to Georgia Tech the previous week. They lost on uh, November 12th, 2016. This is November 19th. And uh, I don't want to say their back's against the wall, but I mean, you know, that was a pretty demoralizing loss about against Georgia Tech in 2016. I mean, no one ever talks about that game. You never see any highlights from that game anywhere. It was dubbed as clinch miss. We were going to clinch the ACC Coastal on that day against Georgia Tech, and we didn't. We turned it over on the opening kick. It was a brutal afternoon in lane. So their back's against the wall. It's kind of like a put-up-or-shut-up game. How does Justin Fuente's team handle adversity in a historic environment? And, uh, you know, he shows us early on. Uh, we go down early, and, and Coach Fu gets out there, gets the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, fires up the team, and we have a – an all-time comeback in the second half. I mean, I think we were down like 17 points. It was early in the first quarter, and I was like, this might be, this might get pretty ugly. Um, you know, to speak on the comeback win, Gerard Evans had an awesome touchdown down the stretch, uh, a rushing touchdown. Cam Phillips had the nice uh, juke. CJ Carroll with the big 80-plus yard uh, catch and go uh, to the left sideline. Bucky had a nice touchdown down the stretch. Joey was hitting his kicks. I mean, uh, that was just a huge comeback win. I know there are a lot of big wins in 2016. I know the Pittsburgh win, you could say the same thing about, you know, a comeback win in a place that we've really never won, Heinz Field. But uh, this game also gave us some huge momentum right into the UVA game. I mean, this game had... We're not losing that game anyway. No one, you don't know that. Oh my God. Would we win by 50? We won by 42. I'm saying that momentum is a thing in college football. Can't get too high, can't get too low. You get Coach Fu getting uh, interviewed for NBC after the game. You know, Hokie Nation has like 10, 15,000 fans that made the trip up. He says that's a special place, Virginia Tech. It's like, well, you know, that was a special moment. A lot of momentum. And uh, yeah, that's my argument. One last add Take on. what you want from it. Special moment, too. After the, uh, after the West Virginia game, you get uh, Coach, uh, Coach Fuente with Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson's dad. Super cool moment there. I think we're arguing two different things. What I think of like most important win in the last decade, I'm thinking about this resulted in recruits coming to the school. This resulted in establishing yourself regionally. And I don't disagree with you. I think winning against a national team, uh, a nationally recognized brand like that, having that recognition was obviously huge for Virginia Tech. So, I mean, you can argue, you can honestly argue either one. Um, Obviously both huge, uh, wins uh, for Virginia Tech. And I honestly think, you know, since Ohio State, like we hadn't really had a, a I don't want to say a meaningful victory, but against a, you know, a powerhouse team like that. So uh, it was good to scratch that off and, you know, looking forward to the next one. Um, so we got Notre Dame next year at home. I'll be there. I hope everybody's there. I hope we're allowed to be there. Um, but Pat, we have some breaking news regarding Notre Dame. Um, why don't you go ahead and fill the people in on what's going on? Yeah, you guys might have seen it on socials by now, but um, if you read my article about how the Sons of Saturday originated back in you know late September, early October of 2019, it all really kind of started. Or I, I don't know if it even started, but uh, it was capped off by Saturday night in Athens, Georgia, 
We went to the Georgia Notre Dame game. Unbelievable atmosphere, unbelievable time. And uh, we, we hung out with some Notre Dame folks that weekend. Uh, one of them being Luke Smith. Luke Smith, he gets a shout out in the, uh, in the article, gets a little shout out. We ran into him at Sharky's uh, in that 2018 game in Lane when Notre Dame came into town. Him and his buddies RV'd it. But uh, he actually hooked me up with the ticket to that game. And he texted me a few weeks ago. He says, hey, man, we're, you know, we're trying to put a podcast together for Notre Dame. I say, hey, you know, we'd love to kind of put our heads together and ultimately love to grow this brand and, you know, highlight our favorite football programs and highlight, uh, you know, individuals who deserve that recognition and really, you know, uh, put something out to the fan base. So Notre Dame Sons of Saturday is live. It is officially live. And, you know, got to say, it's uh, so it's Luke Smith and it's Tyler Wojak, a.k.a. Woj. So, you know, you know it's got to be a guy dropping bombs if you got a guy named Woj involved. So Luke and Woj uh, actually interviewed Mike Golick Jr., ESPN commentator Mike Golick Jr. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a Woj bomb, first episode. You get your sons of Woj bombery. I mean, that's just awesome. <laughs> it's live. Go listen to it. Um, Golick Jr. is a great, a great interview. Seems like a really fun guy, super charismatic. But um, yeah, that's it, man. We are uh, we are growing this thing, and uh, you know Notre Dame is where we're going to start. And we have uh, two folks over there who we really think are going to help. You know, be uh, you know types of ambassadors that can uh, do that as well. So we're excited for them. Sons of momentum, continuing positive momentum. Got to give a shout out here, Hokey Club. Keep jumping. The cutouts were awesome. I made mine. I accidentally put my mom's like half of her face on it. And I was kind of nervous if she was going to be upset by it. She actually thought it was hilarious. So that's good. The cutouts look awesome. Uh, get your I cutouts. I can't wait to get mine. Yeah. They're giving them back. They're giving them back. They're getting framed. Mine back. are getting framed. 100%. If you didn't get one yet, I'm sure, you know, you could probably set yourself up to get one for a game to follow. I'm sure they're working that out. Keep jumping donations. Great stuff here from the Hokie Club, just doing great stuff and trying to do what they can. It is not easy to be in an organization as your full-time job to ask people for money when there's a global pandemic and a economic you know, recession, unemployment is high, all that going on right now. So got to give credit where credit is due. They have a um, this campaign, they tweeted out yesterday, nearly 1,100 Hokies FB season ticket holders chose to keep jumping and turn their total ticket plus donation amount into a gift for 2020. Can we talk about how awesome that is? Sis, like if you're listening and you did that, like hats off to you. Um, again, it was a fantastic interview with, uh, with Brad Nevin. And, um, you know, it is not possible to continue the athletic. I mean, you see athletic athletics being shut down around the country. This generosity and this example of Uprosum is what is going to be able to allow sports at Virginia tech to continue and continue on an uphill or excuse me, continue climbing the mountain. Um, so, you know, I take my hat off to every single person that gave uh, in any capacity. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep doing it. Get someone else to do it. Let us know when you do it. Hats off to you. Speaking of hats off, we got to tip our caps again to the scribes of Saturday. We have, oh, man. we have some great writing going on right now. Um, whether, I mean, we could, we can run through the gauntlet. Bill, you want to just give some shout outs real quick to some of the uh, most recent articles? Yeah. So first and foremost, um, there's something that, you know, again, we just want to shine a light on the things that uh, are important. First and foremost, Mike McDaniel, come on down from Sports Illustrated. He's got a ton of stuff coming out. He came out with his first article yesterday, um, but has some other stuff coming down the pipe. He wrote about Middle Tennessee's first game against Army. They got smashed, um, but how nice it would have been to watch our offense uh, go against them this year. Sam Jesse, this story is not getting nearly enough publicity. Virginia Tech found a way to set up the ability for players to go in and register to vote. And I got to tell you, like sons of constructive criticism, I cannot believe that no media outlet has picked this up. So I go to Sam, I'm like, hey, yo, look, like getting players to vote, that is a huge deal. Uh, it's, it's, you know, was something that was brought about by the athletic department. It was something that was brought about by the players as well. They got it done. Uh, and this deserves some more publicity. Like, let's get it done. 
what does Sam Jesse do? Sits on down, picks up his quill out of his uh, out of his ink ink inkwell, and right starts writing. Gets some quotes from some players. Talks, finds out how it happened, how they did it, what went into it. But I uh, got to tip my cap to the athletic department. They're doing some great stuff. I know women's lacrosse has some awesome initiatives going on um, over there. Just spreading positivity, talking about really important things going on in our world today. Uh, the athletic department constantly doing things to uh, help student athletes find ways to get better. I'll just run through a couple of other ones. Locks of Saturday, week two, that's going on the site this Wednesday. If you don't know about that, that's for your gambling advice. What else do we have? Sam Jesse will be doing another statistical analysis on home field advantage. She did one on Do Stars Matter, Ooh. and it was unbelievable. What else do we have coming here? Colin, my guy Colin, writing an article about Blacksburg and the school restrictions on coronavirus. So if you're interested to see how Blacksburg is handling it from a rules perspective, that will be dropping on Saturday. Adam Roth, History of the Commonwealth Cup. That's coming out the Wednesday before UVA. Taylor Kasky, writing a little Players' Tribune about her senior year of lacrosse. Ed Williams, going to sit down with Packy Naughton. Shout out to Packy. Recently got traded to the Los Angeles – I'm sorry, the Anaheim Angels. So we're really excited about that. And Robert Early Irby recently wrote about the number one jersey candidates. I got to say, I got to give a little, uh, Please a little plug here. Please do. So, you know, we know Reggie Floyd – Repped number one last year, given to a you know a senior leader on the defense, or is it on the defense or on the team? I think it's on, on the, the team. team. Anyone yeah, on the team? So Mike Santa Maria, former specialist, comes out with a hokey home field hot take. He <laughs> says he says Paticus Finchy. I got to say something, man. The number one jersey. What what do we think if we you know split it in two and give Oscar Bradburn and Brian Johnson each a one half jersey? And I'm saying Mike. Sons of specialists. I think, uh, I don't know. I'm liking that. I'm liking the creativity. I don't know if uh, they can do it. I don't know if it's against the rules or not, but um, that is a fantastic take. I'm curious if you would do, since you can't do one half, like two one halves, would you like do a higher fraction? Look, I like this is a losing battle, me getting involved with math, but could you do like a, like 50 out of 101 over two instead of having two one over twos? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, uh, Okay, so Oscar wears 94. What does he wear 94? 94, 93, some weird number. Maybe like maybe like weird 9 number. 9 over 4 and a half and then Brian can be like 8 over I think four. I think he's 91, so you can't even do half of 91 because it's an odd number. We got to stop talking about this. Um <laughs> but uh, and then last but not least, Ryan Hartman put out a fantastic article today. Uh, today he's doing recruiting re- rewinds. Excuse me. Recruiting Rewind. Say that five times fast. There's Tavian more where Robinson, that came from. Tavian Robinson uh, went out today uh, about Tavian's recruitment and a comparison to a current commit in 2021. So uh, go check that out as guys, well. Hit us, hit us up on Facebook. We stepped up our Facebook presence. Like we're, we are active on Facebook now. So, you know, hit, hit the share button. I know your uncles and your aunts and your moms and your dads and your stalkers want to read what you're uh, reposting. So please hit the repost button. It would help us a great deal. Sons of Facebookery. Next on the list here, we received a text from our good buddy, Will Trent, down at Virginia Tech Rec Sports. Oh, and I'm, obviously, oh, I'm fired up about this. I'm fired up fire. about this. So we received a text knowing, you know, rec sports, man. It's got to be tough doing rec sports with COVID-19. So many precautions, you know, that, that you, know, you can't really play contact sports. Or if you do, I'm sure they have to be very much socially distanced. So Will reaches out to us and says that rec sports is excited to announce the launch of eSports leagues. Rec- registration for the inaugural season is now open to both students and employees. So they're doing like, uh, PlayStation and Xbox, 2K, FIFA, uh, some Rocket League, um, and some big-time tournaments as well. Basically, all you have to do is purchase an intramural membership, which is 10 bucks, uh, and that allows you to be eligible for all the eSports. You can find out more info at recsports.vt.edu slash eSports. It went out on social media uh, two nights ago, I believe. But uh, this is this is fun. Maybe we can try to implement some giveaways. Bill, what I'll tell you this. The other if you, here's the deal. If you, I'm a, this is complete. This is a grassroots thing. I don't even know if that's the right term. This is this is what we're doing. Grant Watson, I know you're. I know you're listening. Other students, I know you're listening. If you guys are into this, 
and you guys want to do this, this esports thing, let us know. Maybe we'll do some game giveaways. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll set up a nice little sons of Saturday Twitch account. Definitely want to get, uh, definitely want to get involved with you guys, but look, we're not going to do it if you guys aren't participating. So if you sign up, let us know, send us pictures, whatever. Maybe we'll fire up a little graphic. We'll hit up Al Jones through some video game graphics. Who knows? Who knows? So let us know. We'd love to get involved with y'all. Bill, I got to say that is a tune that I am down to sing along to. And speaking of tunes. This guy is the transition wizard. This guy, Adam Rutledge. You might be familiar with the Spotify account. It's just Rutledge. He's got a song. It's called Great Day to Be a Hokey. You might be familiar. I, I like to put it on Twitter on Saturday mornings in the fall when the Hokies are playing. This is how the, uh, the intro goes. Stand up, start jumping, fire that cannon, get your heartbeat pumping. It's game day in Blacksburg, Virginia, baby. I'm fired up just reading that. Adam Rutledge, he made this song a number of years ago um, to a point where, you know, it's a little outdated at this point. You have a completely new coaching staff. You have, you know, a, a ton of changes in Virginia Tech football. Great day to be a Hokie 2.0 is coming out. It is going out on Monday, and I could not be more excited. I know Adam has some, uh, some great plans with this song, with the release of this song on Monday. So stay tuned for that. Check it out on Spotify. We will definitely be posting it everywhere. And Brett Smith, one of the scribes of Saturday, will be uh, doing a little write-up on Adam's song as well. So that's going to be fantastic. That's going to be hot. And speaking of hot, here we go. Suns Hot Takes. We got hashtag Hokey Home Field Hot Takes. We're going to do a little rapid fire with Billy Ray. A couple weeks ago, uh, on September 1st, we put out a tweet. Sons of hot takes. Who has a hot take for 2020 that they want to put on, the, on this uh, timeline for the season? And we had a bunch of people on Twitter put them in the replies. You know, get your receipts down. You got a hot take. You want to put something there in writing so you can come back at the end of the season and say, hey, look who predicted this. Go ahead and do that. So we're going to read some of them aloud here. I'm going to read them real fast. Billy's going to give a yes or no, or, you know, are you crazy? Or is that, you know, a great take? I haven't read any of these. I haven't prepped. I'm reacting in real time. I reserve the right to change my opinion on your things. And I also don't get your feelings hurt. Like, look, I'm just going to react to them. So um, without further ado, Pat, go on. And without further ado, got to say, home field. Got to plug home field. Please. Because we love our new partner, home field. Shout out Connor and the whole Homefield gang. They have put out some absolutely fantastic t-shirts and sweatshirts out at homefieldapparel.com. This is this is our official merchandise partner, uh, you know, as far as the sponsorship goes. And they sent us a care package. We tried on the sweatshirts, we tried on the shirts. I I don't know, man. Magical cotton, like literally magical cotton. It's like it's like I guess it's high-end fabric that you put on and you feel like you're inside of a cloud, maybe. Um, but yeah, Homefield is fantastic. Go on and check it out. They have uh, this thing called Big New Saturday, where every single Saturday in the fall, they are announcing a new school that is partnering with Homefield. But they do their research. They got Skipper Cannon. They got the Fighting Gobbler logo. Homer Hickam wearing one. Homer, Homer Hickam. Homer Hickam went out and bought one of the Canon ones and posted it. And he's just like, yeah, man, I designed this. I, you know, I created this Canon. I think it was a 57 years ago. That's just absolutely fantastic. So shout out to home field. Use promo code sons of sat for 20% off of your purchase at homefieldapparel.com. Tell them the sun sent you. All right, Billy Ray, let's get it. Let's go. Oh, Travis Die 15. Lane Stadium turkey legs aren't worth the money. So I actually have not had one of those before. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. They don't look that good in Instagram pictures. A lot of people think it's cute to pose with them. Kind of freaks me out. Um, but, you know, next time we're in Lane, I'll get around and I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. The Bulgarian nuts are great. Dave Nass, this is the most prolific... Pro- Pro, 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 pro. <laughs> Dave Naus, this is the most prolific VT offense in school history. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't love that. 
I'll get on board with it though. I think uh, I think a lot of offenses in the past that were maybe more talented than this one didn't have some great offensive coordination. So maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll see something different here. I think we have a chance to break break some records if you if you multiply it and do a sixteen or fifteen game average. But uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm talking myself into it a little bit. Okay, uh, Hokies nine M Colin Armani Chapman second team All ACC stamp. I'm on. I'm on board with that. Brian Hanning undefeated until that very last game against Clemson. Ooh, um, I have a really hard time. We said this on our uh, podcast with uh, with Josh. I have a really hard time like projecting. Like, I don't know who's going to be playing. I don't know who's going to be healthy. I don't know what this. Like, I don't mean to get like corny here, but one or no mentality definitely more than any other season is gonna uh, is gonna be in full effect here. Um, but yeah, I think we have a real, I think we have the, a really talented team and a real chance of being, having a really special team here. So, um, that's, that's my response to that. Yeah. Coach Fu said it himself. He said, if we were, you know, squaring up against NC state this weekend, he doesn't know if we'd be able to, to get it together or, you know, yeah. field the team that he'd want to field. So take that for what it is. Kyle Levier, love this take. Blackshear, 1750 all-purpose yards and 15 total touchdowns, four of which are punt, four of which are punt touchdowns to the house, breaking the VT single season record. Devin Hunter wins ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Jay Ham coaches a top 15 defense, and Cornelson calls a top 20 offense. Holy moly, he says, parentheses, I am full of hot takes. Kyle, man, I mean. I'm here for all of it. Four touchdowns on kick returns would be Certainly would be ideal. Punt returns. Um, punt returns. That would certainly be ideal. Um, I'm interested to see who's going to be returning kick returns, punt returns. I'm going to get Sweet Feet Tay back there. Are we going to see Trey Turner back there? Are we going to see, you know, Raheem Blackshear back there? Maybe they'll put all three of them back there. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, maybe, maybe go decaf on the coffee next time. But I, I love the positivity. Tommy Chamberlain. He says, you want hot takes? I'll give you three. That's 50, what we asked for. He says, a 50-burger on UVA. I'm here for I'm here for it. I hope so. Ten wins, okay. assuming we play a full schedule and a bowl game. Uh, wouldn't count on a bowl game, um, but I'll get on board with that as well. ACC champs? Um, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> this hot take thing, it's like, let's just say stuff and, you know, <laughs> See if it happens. So okay. <laughs> John Earl thinks we will break the points in a season record of 490 points in less games. Um, I gotta tell you, I think, I don't think so. I think sorry. I, I'll, I'll I'll say the only way that I think that we get there is I, I I'm gonna be betting the over for all of these games for quite some time. Um, but in less games in a pretty tough schedule, I I, I I'm a little hesitant to 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 get on board with that. My zag there would be that, you know, we don't have that William and Mary and, you know, ECU, and like, you know, some of those more cupcake games early on in September that could, really, that could really just bolster uh, these statistics. So I think, you know, I think overall as a whole, since there's one last game, but also since the competition level has been raised by two conference games and you lose, you know, that FCS game. Um, <laughs> you, man, that's a, I like that. Yeah, you know, you got to have the outlook. You're going to see a significant downturn in total points, uh, you know, total offense in general. Um, so we'll see. Brendan White, Virginia Tech wins the Coastal convincingly. Coastal well, does not exist. There's no Coastal this year. Uh, and then we win a big bowl game. Uh, I guess we'll Yeah, see. I'm just not I, – I, I, I just really have a hard time thinking that bowl games happen. Um, you know, if you look into it, companies – don't even have their employees coming to work. Our company's going to be putting together a massive bowl game. Look, I hope so. I, I hope we get some bowl games. That'd be fantastic. But, um, you know, prove me wrong. Sales, maybe the Salesforce bowl. Maybe we'll play in the, uh, the Salesforce um, CRM bowl. Who knows? It'd be a hit. Ref Jeff, a.k.a. The Riddler, 2210. 1,000% chance Coach Corn Emoji calls the pop pass to Blackshear against UVA and it goes for six. 100%. I missed the pod pass. I can't remember the last time we ran it. I feel like we haven't ran it. I feel like we didn't run it all last year, did we? We ran it. So we ran it one time last year to Terrius Wheatley against Wake Forest. He probably went for 55 yards and then, you know, was stripped and we lost the ball. That's right. Great Fumble. play. Right. That's right. It's one of my favorite plays. It's the Sam Rogers special. It will ever forever be the Sam Rogers special, just as the uh, tight end throwback is the Ryan Malik special. But yes, I do oh, think yeah. that we break that out. 
Uh, Rayshard Ashby wins the butt kiss. Love that. I see Hendon Hooker wins the Heisman. McBride at McBride212 <laughs> sends a little screenshot. Hendon Hooker Heisman plus 10,000 odds. That is significant. That Good odds. Uh, Good sons, odds. Sons of retirement for McBride. Uh, what else we got here? I want to see if there's any other goodies here. B Fish coming in. We'll, we'll finish up with this one. B Fish, a top 25 offense and defense this season. I can get on board. With, I absolutely can get on board with both of those. I think our defense, I think a lot of people, I'm, I'm not, Caleb Farley is, is a fantastic player and will likely be a first round draft pick. But this defense was good without Caleb Farley. A lot of people are getting on here and saying, you know, this is a huge hit to the defense. I mean, we have another NFL caliber cornerback on the other side of the field. A lot of returning starters, tackling machines, like, and especially you're not losing a middle linebacker. You're not losing safety. You're losing a shutdown corner, nonetheless, super important. But Caleb Farley missed a ton of time last year. We have great talent behind him in terms of the offense, you know, it looks like a two quarterback system, but Burmeister and uh, Burmeister and Hooker have much similar games rather than Willis to Hooker. So I think you're going to be able to get really creative with the playbook, have an idea of what you're going to run and run that for the entire season. Uh, and you're not going to see Pac-12 football. It looks like, and Pac-12 football usually hoards the top 25. Look at that! Look at that! The outlook, the outlook. Um, so yeah, I, I think both of those are absolutely, absolutely attainable. Shout out, shout out to the Scoop Kings, by the way. A couple of other awesome news here. We'll go a little rapid fire right now uh, to bring us home. Grayson is uh, working on right now from Bill Roth's program. We're going to be bringing on student writers. This is something that we've been wanting to work on for a long time. We've been working with Professor Werdelek as well to get marketing uh, students involved with our podcast as well. Uh, but this is kind of the first step here. We got Grayson working with Bill Roth to get some really talented young writers in here. Really excited to onboard them, see the, what they're able to produce, what they're able to create. And um, Pat, you know, we're two New Jersey guys. Um, wrestling's huge in New Jersey. Bergen Catholic, St. Joe's, Del Barton, Paramus Catholic. All these schools, fantastic at wrestling. We have some really exciting wrestling news. Yeah, so we are looking to, to link up a little bit more with the Virginia Tech Hokie Wrestling Program. We know that there is a, condin- a, a contingent of uh, fans in Hokie Nation who absolutely love wrestling. Looking right at you, Hunter Shields, Jersey Hokie 29. We need to bring you guys some wrestle, wrestlery, wrestling contentery. WrestleMania. Wrestle, <laughs> WrestleMania. Over the next few months here, uh, you know, we have a serious team this year. And I want to give a, a big shout out to our guy, Ethan, from the, uh, the wrestling communications department. But I mean, this team is going to be a title contender this year. We have, uh, first of all, Coach Roby. Hopefully we can get him on soon. Uh, Hunter Boland's coming back. Makai Lewis returning from, uh, yeah. from the Olympic trials and participating there. Um, you know, we've, we've got some other newcomers, uh, you know, in the boat, as we like to say. And, uh, you know, we're looking to kind of highlight the wrestling program, understand, you know, why is Blacksburg becoming a wrestling hub? Why is Virginia Tech attractive to recruits that are coming in to wrestle for this program shout out Austin Gable. We've had him on a few times. He's a, uh, a wrestling alum, but uh, that should be some pretty exciting stuff. Rapid, rapid, rapid fire here and shout out to these next two episodes that we have Sunday. Andre Davis is coming on Michael Vick's number one receiver submit letters for this Virginia tech sports hall of famer. Andre Davis. We got him on at 2 p.m. Sunday afternoon. Really excited to have him on here about, you know, how he's been working in the athletic department over the last few years. Looking to have Malachi Thomas on as well. Uh, Some of the best film I've seen from our 2021 class. He's a Georgia running back from 2021. And Bill, we got to give a plug to our guy, John Cran, real quick. Who's coming on next and uh, or who's coming on for our first game preview and who's presenting it? Yeah. So uh, in talks for those of you on the 24 seven club, uh, CZY Hokie, always dropping some bombs on 24 uh, seven. I'm not going to make any promises, but we are in some preliminary talks here to do a uh, Commonwealth cup preview with CZY Hokie, which would be fantastic. I'm really excited about that. Also on the way out, gotta, gotta, gotta shout out my guy. 
Mr. John Cran, Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. I mean, teeth are important. A lot of people are kind of forgetting about that. And, you know, you walk, you'd listen, see somebody in the bagel store, maybe they just had some hot coffee. Maybe they, you know, had some, an everything bagel or, you know, what, what may have you, you guys got to take care of your chompers. You got to take care of your mouth. You get one pair after you lose them when you're an infant. Um, so, you know, take care of yourself, a little teeth whitening, head on in sons of Saturday, tell them we sent you, uh, and you'll get 50% off your teeth whitening. Some of y'all need that. So hit up our guy, Mr. Cran at the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Want to say thank you to everybody for getting us to 5,000 followers on Instagram. We love you. Shout out Al Jones, doing a fantastic job. Came out with the wallpaper Wednesday of National Treasure. Um, Coach Fuente, I'm going to steal the Commonwealth Cup. So go ahead and change your wallpapers. Pat, that's all I got, my friend. I just got to say the marketing strategy that Billy is using for the John Cranham dentistry is very funny so it's not even marketing it's like um, some of you folks really need to take care of your teeth like and we're telling you how to do it so (laughs) tons of following through and doing what you need to do use the promo code we'll see y'all later (laughs) 